How's everyone doing today? This is Ronnie Johnson. I'm here with Sean Smith. We're going to talk a little fantasy football, IDP style. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm doing pretty good, Ronnie. I've got uh, some lots of news, lots of all buffet team, lots of waiver wire pickups, even though there's probably not too many people looking at the waiver wire right now. But those of us that play in keeper leagues or dynasty leagues, there's a lot of value out there. So this is the time you get your shopping done, not just for Christmas, but for your dynasty franchise going forward. Um, one thing before we get started, I've been uh, just looking at our at our standings in our fantasy league, and I noticed, of course, you reminded me before the show that you're in <laughs> you're tied in a tie for first place, top a four way tie for first place. So congratulations there, not bad. You're technically out of the playoffs, but we do playoffs as a side thing, and we still go all the way to the end with our standings. So you could win I'm the league. Tied for, I'm tied for first or tied for fourth. Yep. <laughs> Depends on if you're a glasses half full or empty guy. Yeah, I'm saying tied for first. So not bad. Congratulations to all four of those teams and those that are still in the playoffs. And I think our toilet bowl's already been decided. I think uh, the team that won, wins our first pick overall next year was go inflate yourself. So congrats on having the number one pick in the draft next year. And we'll see who that is. I think um, that running back for Alabama, Najee Harris, he looks like he's probably one of the guys to look at. And then who knows? We'll have to see kind of how college football ends up and maybe even Heisman voting. So all right, so let's move on to news and notes. Um, again, there's no bye weeks. I think we're done with bye weeks for the year. We are in week 16 now. Um, just a little side note, too, that my team and your team tied for the most fantasy points scored in our league last week, so congrats there, too. Ooh. Um, even though I'm down near the bottom of the pack, I can still put up some points. Thanks to, uh, who was it, my running back, uh, David Johnson came out of nowhere to finally put up a game because Ezekiel wasn't playing. So running backs have been a real travesty this year. All right. So on to player news, Washington quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, he got caught in a strip club with no mask. <laughs> so that could end up costing him a game check and maybe a four game suspension. We'll see what happens there. I don't know if he'll even play this week, uh, but keep an eye on that if you're depending on him or maybe Washington receivers, uh, Los Angeles Rams running back Cam Akers, the rookie, he's going to miss next week or this week with an ankle. Kansas City running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's out until possibly late in the playoffs if Kansas City's still alive. New England defensive back Stephon Gilmore, he's ending his season with a surgery. He has a torn quad. Uh, also in New England, the linebacker Juwan Bentley, he left his game with an arm injury, so we'll see how that's going to work out, but I don't expect him to play this week either. San Francisco quarterback Jimmy G, he's set to return from IR this week. And San Francisco running back Raheem Mostert, he's done for the year with an ankle, another ankle injury. So I think a high ankle sprain again. So Raheem Mostert, he's a stud when he's healthy and playing, but haven't seen too much of him on the field this year. So that's all I've got for news and notes. Do you have anything to add? I really don't have too much to add there. Just a lot of weird notes. Well, speaking of weird notes... I've got um, a note about Jalen Hurts, the Philly quarterback. Is is he the real deal? Fantasy-wise, he's putting up some serious points. I think he is. He's legit. He's Or every year Philadelphia gets that spark of energy, and it's usually the backup quarterback comes in. Maybe yeah. that has something to do with it. <laughs> Could be. They had a backup quarterback win a Super Bowl for him. So 
But uh, yeah, I mean, he's getting, I, he didn't have a hundred rushing yards this week, but he was pretty close. Uh, so he's getting a ton of rushing yards, which most people that play fantasy points know that those, those rush yards are usually more valuable than the passing yards. And the team's competitive. Philadelphia is looking pretty good. And uh, speaking of teams that look pretty good, the JETS Jets, Jets, <laughs> Jets now have a win. So pop your corks. There's no uh, unwind team in the league this year. So congrats on the Jets, which yeah. they probably didn't want that. They'd probably rather first pick. So that win cost them the first overall pick in the draft. I follow mock drafts mm-hmm. going in. And, of course, QB, you know, has been number one. Now he's going to Jacksonville. But the second one is, I think, Luke Wilson for BYU quarterback. He'd, like, dropped out of the first round last, like, two weeks. And then all of a sudden the Jets lose – Trevor Lawrence is going number one, and then now they've, on this mock draft I was reading, has a BYU quarterback going too. But he wasn't even in the top round, so I guess they don't think the Jets can pick very well either. Is he related to those actors, the, the Wilson brothers? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I know she called him Luke. I don't think that's his name, but that's one of the, uh, the I'm trying to comedian. To me. Yeah. Zach. Zach Wilson is Zach, that guy's yep. name. So I like the Florida quarterback, uh, Trask. I mean, I haven't really watched too many Florida games. I, I more just look at stats. And he's looked pretty impressive on the on paper, which usually doesn't mean much. But So I would keep an eye on him as another quarterback up there and, you know, the top three quarterbacks taken. Well, and that Justin, Justin Fields is supposed to be fairly high too. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. He didn't get his chance to shine in their, uh, in their was it Big Ten, Big 12, Big Ten championship game? Because that running back, so speaking of first pick overall, uh, can't remember his name, but the guy had 300 rushing yards in the Big Ten championship game for Ohio State. Uh, Guy's big, he's fast, and 300 yards in a game is always impressive. So there's another guy to look at for fantasy drafts, especially dynasty leagues uh, for first rounder. All right, so that's all I have on kind of some odd news and notes. Like you said, a lot of weird stuff. So let's jump into uh, a little update on the – top races in terms of stat categories for defense this year. So I'll let you get, get a chance to guess this sack leader. I haven't even looked this week, but JP Paul really let us down. Um, I'm going to go TJ, oh, TJ Watt didn't have a great game. Well, I'm going to go TJ Watt. Yeah. Cause Aaron Donald didn't have a great game either, but Trey Hendrickson, he did. So it's TJ Watt at 13 and then Aaron Donald and Trey Hendrickson are tied at 12 and a half. So it's, it's neck and neck. A half a sack separates these three guys from being the sack leader this year. Pass defenses. It's Carlton Davis for Tampa Bay. He's got 18 pass defenses. The juice, James Bradbury is right up there, uh, but not in first place anymore. I think he's tied for second with 17. So interceptions, this one's pretty easy. Xavier Howard from Miami. He's at nine. I think he finally had a game without a interception return, but he did have what was called back a fumble return for a touchdown. But apparently uh, Cam Newton had stepped out of bounds before he fumbled it. So Xavier Howard's fumble return for a touchdown did not count. And his fumble re- recovery didn't count either because he was out of bounds. And I'll let you guess this one, our solo tackles leader in the NFL. God, does it depend on what site we go to? But I think the guy's been on fire, Rocon, 
Roquan Smith of Chicago is going to be my guess, but I was looking at combo tackles earlier, looking at linebackers. I didn't realize Avery Williams was so high. I think that's a misprint because Avery Williams is not. I mean, the guy's missed five games this year, so uh-huh. that might be something like a career number getting plugged into this year's or something. But you know, who knows? Man. I mean, it's. I think that's what the NFL site says, but yeah, the ones that we use for scoring say Zach Cunningham has 90 oh, solos, and Roquan, your guess, is 1.1 solo away at 89. So those two are kind of in a tight race for leading the league in solos. Total tackles that count assists, it's Zach Cunningham also, 137, according to our site and ESPN. So, again, the stats are always funky when we don't have uh, – <laughs> don't have a yeah. consistent a, a consistency of numbers across the, the interwebs all right so um we don't have any we, we finished up our defense and offensive rookie of the year and offensive player and defensive player of the year last last week so this week i think you wanted to bring up coach of the year so let us have it well i think i left you last week on if i gave you because I think it should go to Brian Flores of Miami. He's just done an incredible. But you also, Kevin Shabasky has done a great job in Cleveland. I think it's going to be one of those two. So I said, would you take one of those two or the field? Did you find anyone else you liked better? I did a little bit of research and looked first, okay, well, who's got winning records and at least 10-plus wins right now? And then a few other guys that are maybe around nine, but they've been looking pretty good. Like Flores, he's nine and five. Kevin Stefanski for Cleveland is 10 and four. But another guy I was looking at is Sean McDermott for Buffalo. Buffalo has been kind of like a garbage heap team for the past like four or five years. Uh, But they're 11 and three this year, leading their division uh, and looking pretty good. So I'd throw him in the mix. And then maybe Indy's Frank Reich. Even though Indy hasn't looked too good, they are 10-4. and four. And then I had to put in uh, Andy Reid for Kansas City because they look like the best team in the league at 13-1. and one. Although they're, they're, getting, um, they're getting beat up pretty good. They're getting a lot of quarterback pressures on Mahomes and Sacks. So we'll see if that holds up. And then also uh, Pete Carroll for Seattle. I think that team's... You know, they're not quite as good as some of these other teams, but they're looking pretty good this year. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they have too many newcomers. They they have the young receiver, but everybody else is pretty much consistent. They did bring over Jamal Adams, so I like that move. And then I found about four other coaches simply based on record that I've already canceled out. Uh, Matt LaFleur for Green Bay, <laughs> Mike Tomlin for Pittsburgh, especially these last three weeks. How can you get Mike Tomlin in there? But yeah. he is 11-3, and three, even though they've lost three weeks in a row to bad teams. I don't get it. And then Sean Payton, uh, mainly because they haven't had Drew Brees for a lot of the year. They've been playing with a running quarterback that doesn't pass very well, but he's kind of their trick play guy, and he's been their starting quarterback. Uh, so they're hanging in there, but still probably not not quite in the runnings. And then Tampa Bay's Bruce Arians. Uh, but I don't. I can't see him ever winning the Coach of the Year this year because I think the expectations were too high for Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Uh, but that team is, you know, they're still in the hunt. So anyway, I've narrowed it down to. I think the two I like the best, the three I like the best, are the guys you mentioned: Brian Flores for Miami, Kevin Stefanski for Cleveland or Stefanski, 
and then Buffalo Sean McDermott. So basically, my field vote was Sean McDermott to add to your guys. Okay. But those three, and I don't know if you picked one. It sounds like you're kind of on Brian Flores. Yeah, but Cleveland's been so bad so long. How do you not give it to him? I mean, they've been terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, looking at just the eye test of Cleveland and Miami, I think uh, we can probably rule Buffalo out, even though they're probably going to win their division over Miami. Um, Miami's looked pretty good. I mean, I, I, they've beat some good teams. They've had some fluke losses here and there. They are playing with a rookie quarterback, but Cleveland, you know, they've, they've had the talent for years. So they, they maybe just needed a coach. So yeah, I, I find this tough. I think I would have to lean Brian Flores, but I think not leading their division hurts him a little bit. And it's just, I don't know. Cleveland's been bad so long. It's just, you just assume they're bad, but man, they're 10 and four. They're playoff <laughs> bound. So I could see either one of those, but I think I lean Brian Flores, but I think we can do co-MVPs here for coach of the year. Nope. Game. I, I think Brian should win it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin won it just because of the improvement. Cleveland's going to make the playoffs, you know, well, Miami's probably going to make the playoffs too. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're not going to win their division. I guess they still could maybe. It depends on the tiebreakers. But I think we do a, a tie here. Miami's okay. Brian Flores and Cleveland's Kevin Stefanski as our co-coaches of the year. Does that sound good? Perfect with me. All right. And sorry, Andy Reid, but 13-1 and one is not undefeated. but they i mean they were in the super bowl right so i mean they've they've got all the talent in the world so the expectations are that they should do pretty good and what miami was picking like around fourth last year so maybe third i can't even remember so they were down near the bottom but so was cleveland so all right um let's move on to pick six update i think i picked the wrong six games i went one four and one because we had one tie in there one and one win. Yep. <laughs> and you went three, two and one. So congrats. You had a winning record, but ironically my overall for all 16 games was nine, six and one. So nice. I just kind of picked the wrong ones. I, I lost out of the six. I lost four of them were in my pick six. So maybe I just got to pick better games, but anyway, that's uh, our standing. So I think we're going back and forth on that. All right, so are you ready for the Al Buffet team? Big list this week, so I'm going to try and get through this quick. I am ready, baby. All right, most of the most of these guys had a sack in D-line, but you start off with D-line. Al Buffet team, you got to get a, a stat in four different categories, and there's some other rules, but here we go. Defensive line, DeForest Buckner, big three-sack game. Got to have him on here, but he also had a forced fumble and three-and-one on tackles, solos, and assists. Zach Allen for Arizona. Arizona's defense had a pretty good game. Dexter Lawrence for the Giants and Demarcus Lawrence for Dallas. Don't know if they're related, but both the Lawrence brothers make it on here. Jeremy Adaochu for Denver. He had another, I think he's had a couple of big games in the last few weeks. Ed Oliver for Buffalo. So another young guy coming on strong. Alton or Elton Robinson for Seattle. Um, Adam Gotsis for Jacksonville. So Jacksonville had a couple of guys that were 
that played played ball this week. So keep an eye on Jacksonville's defense. Dorance Armstrong for Dallas. Another new guy on Dallas that had some pretty good numbers. And then one honorable mention. Just because he had a safety and a sack, but only four solos and zero assists, uh, Romeo Aquara for Detroit. 4-0, one sack and one safety. Got to give him some some love, even though he didn't quite get four different categories. So those are my <laughs> D-line. What do you think of those guys? I like them. Um, I know you probably noticed our You're the One guy did a mama bird for us. I don't think he played. J.P. Paul, after we crowned him defensive line MVP last week. I he, think he's taking the week off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that just kind of surprised me, but that was it. There was another surprising guy, uh, Jerry Hughes for Buffalo. He pretty much registered zero stats except for a fumble return for a touchdown. <laughs> no tackles, no sacks, no assists, no pass defenses, but he did pick up a ball and run it into the end zone. So not quite an honorable mention, but that was kind of a weird one. Yeah. So he did play, but he didn't, didn't get any, even a tackle. All right, moving on to linebacker for all the team. Your guy, your stud, you've had him since he was a rookie. Probably yeah. led to you winning your game this week. Devin White for Tampa <laughs> Bay. 10-2 line, three sacks and two pass defenses. Definitely an all buffet MVP there. Jerome Baker, who I had on my bench because he just he's on again, off again, man. It's hard to rely on him. But he had a nice game. Todd Davis for Minnesota. So he's the third linebacker. You know, we've been big on the Eric's, right? Eric hmm. uh, Kendricks and Eric Wilson. But Todd Davis is the new linebacker in town in Minnesota, and he he was looking pretty good in the stat sheet this week. Hassan Reddick, he was the five-sack guy last week. I called it. He got one sack to go to add to it this week, but he also had a couple of forced fumbles and some tackles. Samson Ebicom. 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 Can't pronounce that, but Los Angeles Rams. Uh, D-lineman, he made it up there because Aaron Donald didn't seem to do well. Bobby Okariki for Indy, uh, Robert Quinn for Chicago. Those those front line of Chicago, they're getting after the quarterback. I think they're really turning up the pressure late in the year. And Quan Alexander, the trade from SF to New Orleans is finally paying off as Quan Alexander makes the Alba Faye team with a 3-3 line, a fumble recovery, and a pass defense. And then another honorable mention here, Matthew Judon for Baltimore. He had a 2-0 line. Uh, he did have a sack, and he also had a safety. So we had a couple of uh, defensive guys get safety this week in Romeo Aquara and Matthew Judon, and both of them only get the honorable mention. <laughs> so that's it for <laughs> linebackers. Uh, I mean, I know you like Devin White, but do you like any of those other guys? Sure, I do, but it's, I mean, every time I think I talk to you this weekend, hey, Mr. White's in the house. <laughs> I think we know what's coming on Thursday for you're the one. Yeah. JPP did a mama bird, Devin White pretty much led the defense and scoring across most scoring sites. So, all right, moving on to DBs. Uh, one of these guys was one of my matchup studs for the week and Kevin Bayard. He did his job. Interception, two PDs, six and four. Then our guy, we haven't talked about him because he'd been hurt most of the year, but uh, Kansas City's cornerback slash safety, Legereus Sneed. He got a sack, an interception, three PDs, and a handful of tackles. Well, one, one solo, two assists. Adrian Amos for Green Bay. He showed up on here. DJ Reed for Seattle. He had quite a few stats, an interception, fumble recovery, and three pass defenses. Donovan Wilson for Dallas. Nikel Roby, haven't heard that name for a while, for Philly. 
he had a lot of a lot of different categories and a lot of a lot of solos, seven solos. Jordan Lewis for Dallas, a couple of Dallas guys here. Tredavious White for Buffalo, he's been on and off this list all year. And a new another new guy for Philly, Michael Jaquet. Uh, four three line, half a sack, a forced fumble, and two PDs. So, a few new names on there, but some uh, standouts like Tredavious White and Donovan Wilson, Kevin Bayard, even Adrian Amos, and one of our guys, Legarius Sneed. It's nice to see him back healthy again and playing and playing well. So, what do you think of those guys? The big one I put was Legarius Sneed. He's back, three percent owned. You know, he's coming up shortly. Yeah, uh, he should be. And speaking of that, I think that's our uh, all buffet team for the week. Uh, what is it, week 16? So congrats to all those guys. And hopefully the list keeps getting bigger. So start us off with our waiver wire. All right. Week 16, I took a different approach this week. Most um, leagues are finishing up. So I looked at great matchups to finish strong and possible injured players for keepers and dynasties. So number one, defensive lineman, Daniel Hunter, Minnesota, 32% owned. So maybe if you're keeper league, dynasty, maybe he's available. Go swipe him up before the season ends. Um, Fletcher Cox has two great matchups coming up. Philadelphia is playing well. They got Washington and Dallas coming up and playoff hunt. And mentioned this guy last week, Yannickin, oh, for Baltimore, 48%. <laughs> got New York Giants and Cincinnati coming up, baby. That's a That's great, great, great finish. <laughs> I kind of took a similar approach, but then I also looked at, at guys that are re- really widely available. Um, so starting off with a, a nose tackle. Don't know if we've had too many of these on waiver wires all year. But Bilal Nichols for Chicago, he's had three straight games with a sack, and he's a nose tackle. And he also faces Jacksonville this week, so I like that. Then Deron Payne, another interior guy at Washington, 7% rostered, so 1% and 7% for these two. Deron Payne has one and a half sacks, one interception, and six solos, eight assists over the last four weeks. Four straight double-digit scoring games. So another interior guy looking good. This guy's kind of widely widely picked up already, but Brian Burns for Carolina. I think he's a stud, young guy. Um, definitely some great dynasty value. He's had a pretty good year, and he faces Washington this week, who may have some quarterback issues if um, Dwayne Haskins is suspended or somehow penalized for you know, his strip club, no mask thing. Safe <laughs> six, man, safe six. That's right. And then... Uh, this was a late ad based on your strategy of look at some of these injured guys. Uh, and if you can stash them on your dynasty bench for next year, Nick Bosa for San Francisco, he's only 32% rostered. So he's on IR, so he's not going to do you any good this year, but man, if you can get him now and hold on to him for next year, not a bad move. So that's it for my D line. I can't believe I missed Bosa. He's a stud, but going into linebackers, same approach. I did, uh, the one that 0% owned, Dennis Grodick of Arizona, Ooh. back-to-back 30-point games. You know, he's the only one that's going to help you. This year I put on the list, but I put Devin Bush, Pittsburgh, 31% owned. Guy's going to – I think he's going to be the stud linebacker next to T.J. Watt next year. And then Chandler Jones of Arizona, who was in the top five – and linebackers. I think he's number two last year in our scoring system. 
I have to bring up Hassan Reddick. You know, last week, five sacks, <laughs> or two weeks ago, and then last week he had one sack. But that's a pretty good uh, scoring over the last couple of weeks. He's finishing the year strong. Um, he does face a battered San Francisco team this week who may or may not get J- Jimmy G back. So I expect him to, to finish out the year strong. And then a rookie linebacker who's not had his name mentioned a whole lot, but I really like the guy. I think he was one of my top linebackers in the NFL draft, even though he didn't get taken uh, first. I think it was Patrick Queen. But Kenneth Murray for the Chargers. Ooh. 33% rostered. He's got some really good rookie dynasty value. 22 solos over the last three weeks. So he's also finishing the year pretty strong. And then this guy, Alex Singleton, he's not a, a rookie, but he's a second-year guy. Alex Singleton for Philly, 32% rostered, 22 solos and 11 assists over the last three weeks. So that's right around eight solos a game on average. So look for Alex Singleton to maybe help you win your championship game. And that's it for my linebackers. Oh, great ones. I really like the Singleton one. Um, going into DBs, I same approach. I put Legereus Steed. He's back. He'll help you this year, 3% owned. But the next two... London Collins, I think he's just one of the best safeties in the game. 27% for Washington and Darwin James. Will this guy ever be able to put a full year together? I he mean, he's coming back and then he got what, COVID or something, huh? Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. But he's 25%, but he's a game changer right there. Those are my top three DBs. So looking at the Washington safeties, uh, Landon Collins, you mentioned. But yeah. Cameron Curl, the rookie, you know, I've got him on my waiver wire. He's 38% rostered, 20 solos and a pick six over the last three weeks. But looking at next year, do they run Cameron Curl and Landon Collins? Or does one of these guys get traded or sit? I think maybe you put them both back there somehow. Yeah, I think you put them both back there. And I wonder if that, you know, who's who has the most value? This might be another one of those like Jamal Adams versus Marcus May situation where whoever's in the right role, the one that gets to come up to the line and maybe get some sacks is the guy to go for. But that could be interesting of what happens in Washington with those safeties next year. And maybe Landon Collins might be the guy that gets traded because of his injuries. So anyway, I've got Cameron Curl for Washington. Uh, Kenny Moore for Indy, 31% rostered. 17 solos, two interceptions over the last three weeks and all double-digit scoring. So Kenny Moore for Indy looks pretty good. And then, of course, I had to also have Legereus Sneed. He's healthy, he's playing well, and he faces a pass-heavy Atlanta this week. So look for more points out of Legereus Sneed. That's it for my DBs. You want to take us to the dark side? I sure do. We're going to go. Quarterbacks are so tough. Usually you just want to stream. So I went with the injured approach, but I did put Jalen Hurts there, 47% owned. I wonder if he's going to be the new starter going into next year. Dak he Prescott, has he has to be. I agree. Yeah. Prescott, when he got injured, Dallas just went down. Twenty-one percent. He's. I think he's the engine to that to that offense right there. And then Joe Burrow. I don't know how serious that injury is, but still thirty-two percent. He was looking good as a rookie. So I have a little bit of a toss-up between Tua, Jalen Hurts. And uh, who's the other guy you mentioned? Uh, Burrow? Yeah, Joe, Joe Burrow. Of who do you, who would you rather have for next year? Jalen Hurts, Tua Tonga Veloa, Joe Burrow. 
you know, if you pick one of those up for a stash. Probably Tua. Tua I think he's just sure a proven winner. <laughs> but Tua's 50% rostered. Places Las, plays Las Vegas this week, so I think it's a good matchup for him. And then I threw on here maybe a, a guy that you might want uh, if you really need a quarterback and you're still in the playoffs, but Marcus Mariota. Uh, but keep an eye on whether or not um, is it uh, the Las Vegas quarterback that got injured. If he comes back and plays Carr, it's not yeah. Derek Carr, is it? I can't remember the first names, but it's Carr. <laughs> I know his brother played in the NFL too. But anyway, Marcus Mariota is 1% rostered. He had a great performance coming off the bench, I think for the first time all year uh, in his game last week. So if he plays again this week, look for another good performance. I think he had a bunch of rush yards too to go along with his passing. So I like those guys, but those are my two waiver wires, Marcus Mariota and Tua Tonga-Valoa. But looking at next year, yeah, I might be I might be leading that Jalen Hurts. We'll see. It will be interesting for sure. Going into running backs, I'm gonna the guy I have number one, I'm gonna put last. But Barkley, I know a lot of people don't play keeper leagues, whatever, but he's down to twenty three percent owned. Wow. You know, Benny Snell, who knows what happened to James Conner. You know, but 52%, he could help you this year. And Miami, never, another COVID case. So we got Siobhan Ahmed, rookie, 40%. He had like 23 attempts and 122 yards and a touchdown. He looks good. And when he, you know, the problem is can he, he's small, he gets banged up, and then he's out. But when he's played this year, Savon Ahmed from Miami, he's looked good. But, I mean, so if you're looking at next year, it's so hard to see this guy completing a full year i mean i think you're lucky to get half the season out of him but man has he looked really impressive when he's out there playing so that's one of those guys that maybe you you keep on your bench it's just uh you know if he's healthy maybe you play him or if you like the matchup so i also added him uh sony michelle for new england he's also 40 percent rostered he averaged seven yards per carry last week but only had 10 carries so 10 carries for something like 74 yards so that looks really well, but you know how New England is. You never know which running back is going get to get the load because, I don't know, I think the coaches may be overthinking it this year. Like, well, we're not going to go with a guy that's running really well because the other team might key in on that, so we're going to put in the other guy. But I still like Sony Michelle and Salvan Ahmed both this week. I agree with you there with overthinking that, but I think he had the most players opt out for COVID in New England and loses That's some true. big key players and coaches like normal. I think the guys, you know, I, he might be the best coach in history. It'll be hard to say. That's true. So uh, James Conner could be available this week versus the Colts. Uh, he has a quad injury, but we'll see. So could doesn't necessarily mean he'll play. Maybe he's questionable. He's killing me. Got me a zero. I could have scored the most points if he could have got yeah. me one point. <laughs> oh, you just felt sorry and wanted to tie with me. <laughs> could be. Going into running backs. The guy we mentioned, he was back, Russell Gage. Wide receivers, wide owned. receivers. Yeah. Oh, sorry, wide receivers. <laughs> I know and you're then, talking about wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, and then two hurt guys still on the list, Cortland Sutton and OBJ. Hmm. You know, take a look for next year possibilities. I didn't look yeah, at hurt guys on my list on wide receivers for some reason. But if you want to win your league, Rashard Higgins, 
Cleveland. 38% rostered. He has a 9, 10, and 5 targets, so he did come down last week, but they just ran the ball like crazy last week over the last three weeks. Two touchdowns also over the last three weeks. And he faces the one-win Jets, who really don't have the greatest cornerbacks out there. They used to be the winless Jets, but now they're the one-win Jets. Yeah. So they might be getting yelled at for management, saying, hey, you better try to get us back into that first pick. Another guy that uh, his name kind of is on and off all year, not great, not a star, but definitely widely available for Chicago, Darnell Mooney, 16% rostered. He's getting more involved in the offense. He's getting some runs, um, getting more and more targets. Not a ton, but he's getting more involved. But he has back-to-back games with a touchdown as well. So Darnell Mooney for Chicago. And then another young guy that maybe you consider for next year, LaVisca Chenault, Jacksonville, 25% rostered, finishing the year strong, and he's got the rookie value. So those are my three receivers. How can you not love Mooney as a last name? Oh, yeah. Darnell Mooney. <laughs> no. All right. Tight ends. Make sure I get it right this time. Looking at my notes. They were so hard to find. I mean, I put oh. Tyler Higby of the Rams, 53%. Austin Hooper, Cleveland, 54%. And then a new guy out of Minnesota just popped up. Tyler Conklin, yeah. 1%. He had a game out of nowhere. Well, Irv Smith, I think, has been injured on and off. And then uh, the other guy, the other tight end, their main guy, he's been hurt too. So I think they've had a lot of injuries. And so injuries probably got Conklin up there. And maybe Conklin looks good. And they'll say, hey, we'll let these other guys heal up while we play Conklin. So that might be a great pick. I also added Tyler Higby. Um, Two of the last three games, he's got a touchdown. And he's got a good matchup against Seattle this week. So I like Tyler Higby. Jordan Reed for San Francisco, 36% rostered. He averages five targets a game over the last four weeks. It's not outstanding, but, you know, if you get five targets turning into five catches for a tight end, that's not bad. And he's got two touchdowns over the last four weeks. So Jordan Reed for San Francisco looks pretty good also. But that's it for my tight ends. Nice call. Kicking. I mean, you're the (laughs) expert at kicking. I mean, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to put, I don't even know, Carol Santos? from Chicago, 6% owned. He had he's had two nice games. That's all I'm going to say because my kicker I started got me minus one this Ooh, week. I hate that. <laughs> That's how my kicker is finishing bird. the year. <laughs> is that it? Just one kicker yep, for you? Just one kicker, and then wow. I had to bring up my kicker did worse than a mama bird, minus one. Yeah, you're better off not even starting a kicker at that point. <laughs> well, my kicker over the last three weeks – It's Will Lutz for New Orleans, who's been a really good kicker throughout the year. But the last three weeks, he got zero versus Atlanta because of uh, two missed extra points and one made extra point. Um, No, I think he missed two field goals and one made field goal. Anyway, zero points Atlanta, minus three points when he played Philadelphia, and then plus three points when he played Kansas City last week. So. He is not looking very good at all. He averages zero points. If you combine his total <laughs> combined points over the last three weeks, he's got me zero. My other kicker is on IR. It's the Arizona kicker, whoever that guy is, Zane Gonzalez. So his last three weeks are one point when he played the Rams, zero points against the Giants, zero points against Philly, but he didn't play in those games because he's been IR'd. So one point over the last three weeks versus zero points over the last three weeks. So... <laughs> I need kickers is what I'm saying. It's too late in the year now because I'm already out of the running. But 
I agree with Cairo Santos. Zero missed field goals since week three for Cairo Santos. And he's only missed one extra point on the entire year. So even though he plays in Chicago and maybe you don't always have the best weather games, he looks really good. And, you know, for as widely available he is, he's a pretty good kicker. And then New England's uh, latest trial, Nick Folk. He's 3% rostered, zero missed field goals after week two. So these have been guys that, you know, had maybe a slow start to the year, but they've been looking really good. And you got to like the zero misses. And then also he has two missed extra points on the air, which is kind of bad. But So Nick Volk and Cairo Santos, both widely available, I think are my kickers of the week. But watch the weather, like always. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Kickers are tough. Um, that does up the free agent. So talking about coaches, what are your thoughts of uh, Todd Bowens of Tampa Bay, the D coordinator, getting a head job this year? I've always liked his defense. Uh, We'll see. I haven't heard any rumors about him interviewing or visiting any teams, but that's a different, that's definitely a possibility. I don't know, like even who the, the main, you know, contenders are for some of these jobs that are available. What do we got? Uh, so the Jets isn't officially available, but I think that'll be available. Detroit's officially available. Um, who was the other coach that got fired early on? Atlanta. Oh yeah, Atlanta. Usually teams don't stick with their their fill-in guy. Um, but he's so, been playing well, so it's kind of hard. They, they've actually looked really good over the last, like, four weeks. Maybe one bad game in there, but they held their own against Tampa Bay, but it reminded me early on in the year, right? They had a, what is it, a 17-point lead against Tampa and then ended up losing the game because they let him come back. But they did look good against a pretty good Tampa team. Yeah, we also have... Houston available, right? Yeah, Houston definitely is available. Uh, probably going to have the Jaguars available. You know what? We talked a lot about Pittsburgh's defense. So let me look up who their D coordinator is because that might be someone that's that's out there in line for a job somewhere. Perfect. Uh, well, you look at him, I'll talk about the Colts guy, Matt Emblis. The Colts defense has been huge the last two years. Oh, the Colts? Damn. Yeah. Uh, looking at defensive coordinator is Keith Butler for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. So that name I don't know if, uh, you know, he seems to have been a coach for 20 years, mostly oh. with uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Mostly with Pittsburgh. His first few years were, were a linebacker coach for Cleveland. He hasn't been a defensive coordinator for very long, though. Only about five years now. But... I think there's a good chance that that he gets looked at. And maybe it's just they have stud players, but you gotta start looking at some of these defensive guys that that well, we look at defense anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but Pittsburgh well, he might be... is way in the lead in sacks and quarterback hits. Yeah, and he might be like the Denver head coach who is all defensive. Oh yeah. Ever. I can't. How can I not think of his name offhand? What hurts Pittsburgh, though, is uh, the last three weeks, man. Just some yeah. of these losses, and that might actually hurt Keith Butler's chances of getting a, a head coaching job, too. But another uh, defense that looks good, I think Baltimore's defense looks pretty good, and Miami's. So, I mean, yeah. Buffalo, too. You know, Buffalo's right up there. So there's a few good teams. The Giants, I think, and New Orleans. 
A lot of these guys have good defenses. And, of course, Tampa. Vic Vangio, oh, yeah. coach. He was defense coordinator for years and then finally gets his chance. So maybe that's how Butler's going to be. I'll be rooting for some of these defensive coordinators on some of these teams to, to move up. So I like, uh, I like their chances, but you never know. I, I don't think I like too much when a college coach comes out of college to go to the NFL. Sometimes that works out. I think, yeah, Pete Carroll, maybe he bounced back and forth, but Pete yeah. Carroll was in college and then came to the NFL. Uh, there was another guy that coached Nick Oregon. Saban. Yeah. <laughs> and then he realized, okay, got to go back to college. But so going to NFL to college, just usually works out great, but the other way it's got its issues. Michigan guy, um, old San Francisco. Yeah. Maybe he comes back this year. Never know. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think he was too great of a coach in the NFL. I thought he was better off in college, but you never know. A lot of these teams might be looking. So this yeah. week's scheduled too. uh, before we get out of here, we have a Friday night game instead of Thursday night this Ooh, week. Nice. Three Saturday games. So the Friday night is Minnesota, New Orleans. Uh, that looks pretty good. I think New Orleans crushes that, but we'll see. Saturday, you got Tampa, Detroit, San Francisco at Arizona, and Miami at Las Vegas. So some decent matchups. I don't know if Tampa Bay, Detroit is going to be that competitive. Um, I really don't expect San Francisco to stay up with Arizona either. I've got both of those as nine-point spreads for Tampa Bay and for Arizona. But the closest one, Miami-Las Vegas, that's a pick em for me. So that one, I think, might be the game of Saturday. And then your usual slate of Sunday and Monday night games. So pretty good lineup this week. I haven't picked my matchup studs of the week, so I'll keep an eye on that. But that'll be on Thursday's show. But don't, uh, don't expect a Thursday, Thursday night game this week. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't Perfect. have anything else to add. Do you have anything to add before we drop the email and get out of here? Nope. We'll do linebackers and matchups of the week on Thursday. And let's do, we should do conference MVPs for uh, you're the ones okay. also. Yeah. We're getting down to the end of the year and you're the ones, a big segment. So that's coming on Thursday and I'll make sure to add that in to get my conference MVP. So for like the AFC East, North, yep. Southwest. Okay. All right. Well, uh, our email is idpbuffet at gmail.com. That's idpbuffet at gmail.com. Feel free to send us whatever you like. And without anything else, I think we'll get out of here. See you, kiddo.